Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 1059 KNRS. So I, I'm driving to the work to work this morning, and uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. It just kind of caught me funny today. So I'm driving to work. I live, up, as many of you know, up in Davis County, and I come to work because we're on the west side of the valley. I come to work on Legacy Highway. Okay, it's kind of nice. The speed limit's been raised a little bit. Nobody does it, by the way. Uh, most people violate it just slightly. I mean, they're very, you know, they're very respectful. But I'm, so I'm driving to work today. And the wind is blowing. And out there, of course, there's nothing to block the wind. So the wind's really blowing. And because there's the landfill out there, there's always a large flock of seagulls. Okay? So I'm driving in this morning, and I see these two or three seagulls in the air trying to fly against the wind. (laughs) And let me tell you, they were having no luck. I mean, they, you'd see them kind of get going, and then they get blown back, or they get turned sideways. But they they never gave up. They just they just kept on flying. They were going to get there sooner or later. I don't know if they did because I was driving and couldn't follow them on the way. And I've noticed that before. And I got to thinking my, uh, my, uh, to myself, how many of us as, and I've described you all, as fair-minded, common-sense Americans feel like sometimes we're flying into the wind and we are not making any progress. Now, I think things are changing, and I'm going to get into that here in just a second. Home tonight, you know, and it's, yeah, it's still windy out there. It's getting worse, by the way, I think. See if you can see a bird in the air trying to fly against the wind. They, they just can't. I feel, You know, you feel sorry for the guys, but they keep on going. And that's exactly what we have to do. How are you, everybody? And hello, Utah. Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show on this Thursday, 21st day of April. Great to be with you. If you want to be a part of the program, of course, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and just say, hey, Rod. Now, we've got a lot to get to. As Abby just mentioned, Utah Senator Mike Lee and Senator Joni Ernst, who is from the state of Iowa, in town today campaigning for Mike, will join us. And yes, Mike is going to talk about the tech story. I've got some questions for him, and he'll respond to that. We'll also talk about Obama's misinformation. Remember, Obama the other day went off on and cautioned Americans about misinformation. You know, pay no attention to it. This is from the guy who said what? Yeah, you can keep your you can keep your insurance and keep your doctor. No, yeah, no, don't worry about that. We'll talk about that. What about education? I, I'm going to share with you. I went to a, a Meet the Candidates uh, event held last night because I'm a state delegate. And these were the candidates for the State Board of Education in District 4, which I live. You know, it's a, And uh, the turnout there was amazing. I mean, it's an indication to me that there are a lot of parents who are now concerned, but I wonder if parents know what to do about this. We'll get into that in the 5 o'clock hour, and then later on we'll talk about ESG. Utah is doing something that no other state has done as of yet against ESG. Now, if you don't know what ESG is, we'll explain that. 
but they're doing something about it. Later on, Steve Moore will join us, talk about the economy, and Jason Chaffetz will join us, talking about uh, your parents' Democratic Party. That's all coming up on a very busy uh, Thursday afternoon right here on the Router Kent Show. Great to have you along for the ride. 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone dial, pound 250, and say, hey, Rod. Now, before I get to uh, talking about changing the narrative in this country, what are we going to do about Joe Biden? I mean, Joe Biden, another example today, you know, and I don't want to bash older people. I'm getting there myself. I totally understand that. But we have a man whose cognitive abilities, unfortunately, are declining, I think, at a faster rate than any of us thought. I want you to listen to this soundbite. He was at a, an event at the White House today, and a reporter asked him about uh, Title 42, maybe delaying Title 42. Now, if you don't know what Title 42 is, it was a policy that allowed the Trump administration to reject people who were trying to get into the country because of COVID health concerns, right? And Bi- Biden has announced that he is going to do away with that policy come May 23rd, even though there are now, I think, at least four Democratic senators and maybe as t- many as 20 or 25 Democratic lawmakers, both congressmen and senators, who are urging the president not to do it. Well, he was asked about that today, and listen to how confused he sound, sounded when he, 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 he kind of tried to connect Title 42 to the mask mandate. Listen to this. On Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my—, uh, my uh, well, First of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been vision on extending Title 42. I mean, it's amazing. He confused the two. He said, we're going to appeal Title 42. You don't have to appeal Title 42, Joe. You can get rid of it. What you're going to appeal is the mask mandate. But he totally got him confused. And like I said, you know, Joe, Joe Biden is, what, 78, 79 years old. He'll be 79, I believe, this year. You know, and there, there are some 79-year-olds out there who are smart and as quick as a whip. But Joe Biden obviously is suffering, yet we have this man in charge of the United States of America. Here is an interesting thought. And I was thinking about this earlier. We were talking about this earlier. There is a certain age that you must be to run for president of the United States. I think it's 45 years old. You run for Congress at 35. I think for the White House, it's 42 or 45, right? How about Now, we have term limits on a president. He can only serve two terms. Should we put an age limit on a president like we do? You know, to run, you've got to be this, and if you're older than this, you can't run. Yeah, it's something to think about. I've never thought about that, but that was raised today, and I thought a very, very good point that was raised. But, you know, I don't want to be overly critical of the guy because obviously he faces some cognitive challenges. But again, he is president of the United States. Now, the other problem we have is who's right behind him. (laughs) That happens to be one Kamala Harris. You know, if he steps aside before his term ends, it will be Kamala Harris. And the, the challenge is, you know... Can we just make it stop? I mean, Kamala Harris delivered remarks at Vandenberg Space, uh, Space Force Base in California. These are people who are part of the Space Force, the new Space Force in America today. It was put together by Donald Trump when he was in office. 
She was asked to address this group yesterday at Vandenberg Space Force Base there in California. Listen how she talked to these people. It's really embarrassing. Listen to this. Space is exciting. It spurs our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions. Space, it affects us all. And it connects us all. Space is exciting. We all love space. Why do you think they're in the space forts to begin with, Kamala? They know space is exciting. You know, she was talking to them like they're, they're kindergartners. I mean, my five- and six-year-old grandchildren can figure out space is exciting. You don't have to tell these folks. And here's the problem. We've got Joe with cognitive challenges and the word salad for Vice President of the United States. What are we going to do? It leaves you in trouble, right? All right, when we come back, Utah Senator Mike Lee will join us, along with Senator Joni Ernst, who's here today campaigning for him on behalf of Senator Lee and his re-election. That's coming up next, right here on the Rod Kent Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listen, and you'll know. You've heard me talk a lot about Trajan Wealth, but let me give you a, let me give you some background on the company and what it's all about. Trajan Wealth is dedicated to providing you with convenient face-to-face opportunities for appointments or virtual meetings to to talk about your family's future, right? Trajan Wealth, they are family-owned and veteran-led by Jeff Jr., who, by the way, is just a great guy. Full-service, privately-owned firm, the Better Business Bureau has given them an A-plus rating. And Trajan Wealth, well, when you work with them, you'll find decades of experience. And they love using the advanced technology to help save you time and money investing. They can even help you develop a plan that gives you peace of mind. Consultations, by the way, are complimentary. So what are you waiting for? Why not reach out to Trajan Wealth today and find out what they can do for you, for your family, and for your next generation? Contact Trajan Wealth today. They're located in Draper, 801-899-7600, or visit them online at trajanwealth.com. Advisory services offered through Trajan Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. All right, here's Abby now with a news update. Thanks, Rob. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this very busy Thursday afternoon here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. We're an iHeart radio station. Uh, the uh, state Republican nominating convention takes place this week. It will be interesting. Uh, it takes place on Saturday, as a matter of fact. It will be interesting to just see the reaction of delegates to um, the Senate race involving Utah Senator Mike Lee. He has a number of challenges. And, of course, the story broke a week ago tomorrow that CNN was reporting about this uh, communication via text messages between Senator Lee, uh, Congressman Chip Roy, and the White House after the uh, November 7th election in 2020, in which uh, Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, And a lot of people have been saying, you know, Mike Lee, his opponents have attacked him. The media is after him, saying he tried to undermine the election. Well, Senator Lee, we had a chance to speak with him earlier today, along with um, Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, who is in town campaigning for Senator Lee today. And I asked Mike, as we began our conversation, if he felt, through this communication process after the election, if, in fact, he was doing anything wrong. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No. No, look. I, I did what I do for other campaigns. What I would do for any candidate who had doubts about whether that candidate had won. I, I encouraged the candidate to uh, continue to pursue legal options during the appropriate time period, audits, recounts, et cetera, and to exhaust the legal remedies. And then I also encouraged him to accept the results, uh, especially the results of the electoral count. And um, my text messages reflect that. There continued to be rumors circulating as to whether some states would be rescinding or altering their electoral votes. Those rumors turned out to be false, but they persisted for so long that it prompted me to feel the need to make phone calls. Uh, no point was I engaging in advocacy in those, or just asking a yes or no question, is this happening? And what I concluded was that there was not a single state that was even considering that option. Did you see something in the, that bothered you more than in past elections, Mike? Did you see things that you were going, wait a minute, what's going on here? Well, you know, like everything else in the middle of the pandemic, uh, things changed with our elections. There were a whole lot of states that, unlike Utah, didn't have experience dealing with universal mail-in balloting. And a whole lot of states altered their procedures, and a whole lot of states allowed universal mail-in balloting without doing a whole lot on the, in terms of signature verification. So there were some things like that that were different. But uh, like I said all along, the, the, the election uh, that determines all of this uh, for the presidency is always the Electoral College. The founding fathers in the Constitution put the states in charge of electing the president. And it was uh, ultimately up to that uh, the, the electoral count in each state. And the electoral votes determined that Joe Biden was the president. When you were going through this process, Mike, when did you start realizing here, there, there's not, you know, you, you, you've ta- I know you talked to a lot of people. You said that on the Senate floor. You were talking with various states. When did you start realizing any attempt to try and do something here is not going to work, it's not constitutional, and we shouldn't be going down this path anymore? You know, it was within a few days after the Electoral College cast its vote. I mean, it, I, I concluded, in fact, I issued a statement at the time saying, uh, president Biden, uh, Joe Biden is now almost certainly going to become the 46th president of the United States. And absent some action by a court or a state legislature between now and January 6th, that's going to be the case in which I assumed that it would be. Um, so, yeah, I started with that assumption once the electoral votes were cast. Uh, I, I never really saw there being a significant likelihood that that would change. But it was uh, when I saw the rumors persisting much longer than I expected. You know, by, by January 1st, I thought uh, nothing's going to happen on this front. And then all of a sudden, uh, the rumors peaked up again. I got handed a memo that assumed that there would be, I think, as many as seven uh, states changing their electoral votes. And that's when I started doing my own homework because I couldn't get answers from anyone else. All right, let's talk with Senator Ernst right now. Senator Ernst, first of all, welcome to the state of Utah. Senator Ernst, I want to ask you, uh, everyone around the country is feeling the, uh, the, the impact of inflation and higher gas prices. How are people in your home state of Iowa dealing with this? Is it as challenging for them as it is for everybody else around the country, Senator? 
Oh, yes, it certainly is. And thank you so much. Utah is extraordinarily beautiful. I'm glad to be here with such incredible people. But yes, the great folks in the state of Iowa are feeling impacts of inflation. And Mike and I have had discussions about this many times over and the effect of the uh, unprecedented level of spending at uh, the federal government level where they are pumping trillions of dollars out into the United States economy with no goods or services available or very few limited. And so it's exacerbated uh, the situation following COVID. And Iowans, they're, they're feeling it at the pump. They're feeling it at the grocery store. And it is really tough for those families. Um, in Iowa, roughly an extra $5,200 will be spent this year because of inflation. And that's just for an average Iowa family. So I know you're feeling it in Utah. We're feeling it in Iowa, too. And we have to change the way we're doing business at the federal government level. And the way to do that is change leadership. That's why we need to see a change in the House. We need to see the change not only um, there, but in the Senate as well. And then hopefully different leadership down at the White House in a few years as well. Senator Ernst and Senator Lee, I want to ask you get your response to this question, and we'll start with you, Senator Ernst. Um, do both of you feel that Joe Biden has almost boxed himself in on almost every issue out there, from Ukraine to inflation to the border, you name it? Has he boxed himself in that he there's probably no way out for him at this point? Senator Ernst, first you, and then uh, and then Mike. Well, I think he has done a a really good job at bending to the far, far left and listening to those that are maybe following more of a deranged climate policy, those that uh, do believe the answer to everyone's problems are federal government spending. And that's a really unfortunate situation. It obviously doesn't work. Uh, So what President Biden needs to do is somehow find his way back to the middle Um, I don't know that he can do that right now when he's got so many folks that are very outspoken on the far, far left. Um, So, yeah, he's in a a pretty tight situation, whether it's a box or a circle, who knows? (laughs) Um, But somehow or another, he he really needs to find his way back so he's working for America and not just a handful of folks that have very different radical ideas. Mike, has Joe Biden boxed himself in? Absolutely, as does any socialist whoever aspires to office in the United States of America. Socialism doesn't work. Socialism inevitably harms those that it promises to save, to deliver, to help. What you end up doing when you print trillions of dollars uh, that you don't have is you dilute the purchasing power of the currency. And we're experiencing that heavily here in Utah with the average Utah family expending $702 every single month on the same things they buy every month relative to the beginning of last year. That's what he's done to the American people. And I, I, don't, I don't see any, any way out for him. And I don't think the American people are receiving it well because they're hurting. I always find a way to be just fine and even get ahead in times of great inflation. But this inflation that he has created knowingly and against grave warnings, has really hurt everyone else. And uh, I don't think there's any way out for him. Uh, Senator Ernst, I want to ask you, um, have, has the Republican Party come up with a message for the midterm elections, uh, hopefully to win the House and the Senate back, that you think will resonate with the American people? And if so, what is that message in your opinion? 
Well, I do think so. And, and first, what we have to do is look at the situation right now where the American people are, are hurting so badly, just as Mike Lee just laid out for everyone. Uh, they feel the impacts every single day. So obviously they're going to look at the leadership in the White House and the Senate and in the House and say, wow, these policies aren't working for me. And so as Republicans, what we can do is say we are not them. This is not the policy that we espouse. This is not something that we embrace. Just as Senator Lee pointed out, it's, it is socialism. It's that push to the far, far left and really big government uh, spending, big government takeover of our institutions. And that's not what the American people want. And so all we have to do is really pivot and show America that the Republican Party stands for freedom and liberty. We stand for prosperity and that we have the policies that will promote those ideas. And it's, it's just as simple as that. Um, so if we can embrace smaller government, you know, less government intervention, if we can promote the ideas of freedom and prosperity, um, we will do so much better in this next election cycle. And it's not just about elections. I mean, it's about taking mm-hmm. care of our constituents, mm-hmm. taking care of the people. And that's what they want to see. Final question for you, Senator Ernst. I know you're here campaigning for uh, Senator Lee today. I'm going to give you a, a shot to give him a plug. Why should uh, Utah send him back to the U.S. Senate? Well, I have worked with Mike Lee for years now, and I can honestly tell you that there is no one that is more dedicated to the Constitution or to conservative principles in the United States Senate. And I look to Mike Lee, and we have very healthy discussions about the Constitution and why it's so important that we focus on those processes and the details to make sure that our nation stays strong and prosperous. He's a bright legal mind. I don't think anyone would ever doubt that. Um, But, you know, he's just simply a good person, too. So when you can take his bright legal mind and you can take genuine concern that Mike Lee has for uh, the people that he represents from the great state of Utah and, uh, you know, push that out into the United States Senate, we all know we're going to be so much better off. I appreciate his leadership. I appreciate his friendship, and that's why I am here in Utah today um, supporting my dear friend, Mike Lee. On our Newsmaker Line, we've been talking with uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee and Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, who is in town campaigning for Mike Lee today. And uh, concerning the uh, tech story, Mitt Romney said yesterday during a campaign or during an appearance with Senator Lee up in Ogden that as he looked at the story, he didn't see anything illegal that Mike Lee had done, and I don't think he did either. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, well, interest rates, they're going to shoot up again, and mortgage rates shot up today. And they're the highest they've been for several years. And you may be wondering, okay, what about financing a new home or refinancing my home? What should I be doing? Well, may I suggest you turn to the wonderful people at American Mortgage. This is a mortgage company, or American Loans, I should say. This is a mortgage company based right here in Utah. And the Better Business Bureau has given them an A-plus rating. They've been in business now for 30 years. This gives them the longevity and the experience to provide the very best advice on your mortgage and the options that you have available. Now, whether you're looking to finance or to purchase or refinance your home, guess what? You can trust the wonderful team at American Loans to have your best interest. 
Mortgage rates, like I said, are going up. And you want to make sure you fit in the right box because maybe you have some credit issues. American Loans can help you out. Give them a call today. All you do is have to dial pound 250 right now and say the keywords American Loans. That's pound 250, keyword Amer- keywords American Loans, or go online to AmericanLoans.com. I was driving. Give me back my freedom. Give me back my land. Give me back my freedom. Give me back The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this very busy Thursday right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listening, you'll know. Well, some interesting comments from uh, former President Barack Obama. Obama is now apparently telling the American people uh, to be careful about disinformation because there is so much disinformation out there that, you know, we can easily be swayed. In our decision-making process, this coming from a guy, well, you know the disinformation that he spread around for eight years. Let's find out more about what he's saying and maybe look at, uh, take a trip down memory lane as to some of the misinformation or disinformation he shared with the American people while he was in office. Joining us on our Newsmaker line is Tim Meads. Tim is a reporter with The Daily Wire. He wrote about that today. Tim, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Hi, Rod. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I tell you what, having Barack Obama talk about disinformation makes, a ch- makes you chuckle, doesn't, doesn't it, Tim? <laughs> yes, it really, it really has to. I mean, Obama recently, uh, two days ago, he came out and he, he tweeted kind of out of the blue about warning about the dangers disinformation poses to democracy and, and says that the Obama Foundation, um, his presidential foundation, is going to get to the bottom of it. Um, of course, though, he doesn't mention any of the number of stories that or disinformation that DUP or, or put out there into the world um, to benefit Democrats. And so um, so you just you just have to laugh. He gave a speech today at Stanford, and of course it was it, it was a typical Obama speech. It was full of fluffy-sounding words and short on examples. Um, but apparently uh, former President Obama is intent on, uh, on defeating disinformation. And, and what most conservatives should know is that disinformation, at least how Obama sees it, really seems to be a- anything that goes against the, the mainstream narrative um, or the liberal narrative. Um, and so you, you have to laugh at it uh, yeah. just at, at first, but then realize it's actually uh, pretty serious what he, he intends on doing or, or could potentially intend on doing um, when it comes to social media. Well, Tim, let's take us to a trip down memory lane and bring up a couple of uh, <laughs> past stories that uh, he has shared with the American people when it comes to disinformation. Sure. So I uh, you know, wrote, wrote an article at, at dailywire.com yesterday um, saying, let's take a look at some examples, shall we? And so the first, the first example that comes right off, off the bat is Obama, 2013, he was actually awarded the lie of the year by PolitiFact <laughs> for his claim. Uh, <laughs> his claim, if you like your doctor, if you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan or yeah, doctor. Yeah, that was, a that was, was so egregious. Um, so there was that one. And then, of course, there was, um, let's see what else here. Oh, there was, well, this was, this was one of the most, most egregious that actually did a, a, a lot of damage. Of course, we all remember the awful Ferguson riots and, and oh, the yeah. phrase from Ferguson, hands up, don't shoot. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And what happened was that there was the narrative that Michael Brown was shot with his hands up in the air. Black Lives Matter activists took that, turned it into a phrase saying, hands up, don't shoot. CNN panels, even uh, anchors, even did it on their shows. And the, the Obama Justice Department figured out that it was all, all a lie and that actually Michael Brown wa- didn't have his hands up and he was threatening the police officer and, and the, the officer acted uh, properly there. Um, but of course, Obama has not really come out and corrected the record on that, despite the fact that here we are five years, six years later, after, or uh, seven years later after that fact. Um, and people still believe it. And, and then, of course, um, the, the biggest, uh, two of the biggest things in the 2016 and 2020 election were, in the, in the 2016 election, there was the the scandal, quote-unquote, um, that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia and colluding with Putin to, to hack and, and win the 2016 election. Of course, we now know, um, based off what was once considered disinformation by the mainstream media, that actually it turns out that it looks like that that is 100% false. There's no evidence Trump colluded with Russia. And actually, all of the evidence that is available is that a blend of government officials alongside Clinton campaign um, surrogates worked together to lie to the FISA court to spy on American citizens on Trump's campaign. Um, and then to continue that myth well into Obama was, or excuse me, that Trump was somehow a... Um, somehow was a stooge for Russia. <laughs> and, and so with, with all of these is that there, there, there were incredibly damaging lies to the foundation of, the, of democracy. I mean, millions of Amer- Americans still believe that the 45th president of the United States was elected um, by colluding with Russia, which just there's no evidence for that. Yeah. And then in, in, in 2020, I'm sure as your listeners know, um, that Hunter's laptop, which oh, yeah. was, was censored by social media and kicked off, um, for being disinformation, 51 former intelligence officials came out and said, yes, we believe it's Russian disinformation, classic Russian disinformation. And of course, two years later, the mainstream media, after dozens of conservative websites and, and right-wing, uh, right-wing websites and radio shows it's reported it and said, no, this is actually Hunter's laptop. Well, now, well after the fact and after any damage could possibly be done, they're all coming out saying, oh, actually, oh, no, it is, it is Hunter's laptop. So, <laughs> it's yeah, pretty it, amazing. It, 
It is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Tim, appreciate your time. Appreciate your reporting. It's a uh, wonderful trip down memory lane. Thanks for reminding me of, <laughs> of all of this, Tim. Sure, sure thing. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Rod. We, we barely scratched the surface. There's really so many. So yeah, I appreciate you uh, having me on. There sure are. Yep. Tim Meads. Look up his uh, stories. He reports at thedailywire.com. Check it out each and every day. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Um, what do you expect? When you send your child to school each and every day, you know, in today's crazy, crazy world with all kinds of things going on in the school and in the classroom, it's kind of a scary thought, isn't it, mom and dad? Well, put your mind to rest by enrolling your child at Challenger School. When your child attends one of their six locations, you'll get the results you want your child to have, both academically and socially. Now, Challenger students, they are high achievers, both inside and outside the classroom. You want to find out more? Well, it's easy. Why not attend uh, one of their open houses? There'll be all six locations this Saturday, April 23rd, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can go online and find out more information. All you do is have to go to challengerschool.com. Check it out. Again, an open house at all six locations of Challenger School up and down the Wasatch Front if you want to find out more about what they do for you and for your child. All you do is have to go to challengerschool.com. Start early, start right at Challenger School. Here's Abby now with the news update. Thanks, Rod. You talk. All right, welcome back to the uh, Rod Arquette here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, I mentioned this earlier. I had a chance... Um, Last night to attend another one of the uh, Meet the Candidate events. This was uh, put on by uh, Utah Parents United. Uh, it was a Meet the Candidates night up in Centerville last night. And the uh, the candidates there were the uh, people who were running for the uh, Utah State School Board of Education, the Board of Education in District 4, in which I live. It was interesting to hear uh, the questions that were posed to the candidates last night and their responses. Um, obviously, there is a lot of interest in school board elections this year. And I'm glad to see there was a very good turnout last night at the, uh, I think it was the Centerville Library. And I'm going to talk about that in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. And uh, we're going to talk with uh, Rick Hess. Rick is the Director of Education Policy Studies. And he's written a fascinating article on how Biden's education and its radicalization is pretty amazing what's taking place around this country. And then we'll talk about that meeting last night. Now, before I go any further, I, I just want to congratulate, and Sean talked about this all day today, but uh, Sean Hannity has notched a, uh, another industry milestone. He has topped the late Larry King to assume the mantle of the longest-running primetime cable news host in U.S. television history. As of today, it marks the 25th consecutive year, six months and 15 days at the helm of the primetime cable news program, beating Larry King's run on CNN. So Sean's a great guy. Um, years ago, I brought him into the uh, Salt Lake market when I was uh, across the street, uh, and people loved him. I, I, funny incident with Sean. Um, Sean had, I think, one of his first books out. I think it was. It may have been his first. And uh, he came to Salt Lake City to promote the event. Um, we we went up to the University of Utah there at Rice Eccles Stadium, that really nice facility, and invited people to come have dinner with Sean and uh, to do a book signing, which he was more than willing to do. Sean's a great guy, very loyal guy, by the way. 
Well, during the book signing, there was somebody who came up to Sean. They'd been waiting. I mean, the line was forever. And they'd been waiting for a long time. And they walked up to Sean. They took the book and they threw it at him. Right? I'll never forget this. Didn't hit Sean. The guy missed. He was a horrible shot. And he went storming out. Right? And everyone was, oh. Well, Sean, very calm, uh, grabbed the book and yelled at the guy, hey, do you still want my signature? <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a great thing, but uh, congratulations to Sean because he is really a great great guy. Now, uh, I want to move on. Uh, uh, Matthew Dowd, who uh, at one time uh, was a uh, top advisor to President George W. Bush and Vice President Cheney, appeared on what was it MSNBC last night, and he had the I couldn't believe he said this. But I want you to listen to how how he compared Jesus Christ to a groomer. Today, listen to what Matthew Dowd said on that show last night. Did it over the Easter holidays and the Easter holidays. The entire message of the Gospels of the Easter holidays was love one another. And I have said this before and I'll say it again. If Jesus Christ was alive today, he would be called a groomer. He would be called woke and he would be called a socialist. If he was alive today, if he was speaking the message he spoke in the Gospels today about treating everybody with dignity, Jesus Christ hung around with prostitutes and tax collectors. He was nailed to a cross because he spoke on behalf of the most marginalized people in the Middle East. And the idea that certain segment of our population has tried to capture the faith and corrupt a message that I may have been a follower of since I was baptized and was confirmed and served on the altar in the course of this is something I think all of us, it's not just people of faith, but all of us. I mean, that's pretty amazing to compare, to call Jesus Christ a groomer, you know, and when you think of the word groomer, what do you think about today? I mean, you think about, you know, a pedophile who's grooming a child, you know, you don't think about Jesus Christ. Now, the problem that Matthew Dowd had with this is that down in Florida, Parents have become smart. You know, they were attacked for the parental rights bill, uh, and they were attacked. Well, the parents got smart and said, and, uh, and, and actually asked people who were against this bill, then do you support the idea of grooming our children in kindergarten, first, second, and third grades about sexual identity? You're comfortable? You're a groomer? You think our teachers should be groomers? So Matthew Dow's got it all mixed up. I mean, c- calling Jesus Christ a groomer in today's vernacular talk about sacrilegious come on all right when we come back we'll talk about biden what he's doing to education in this country and then i've got a question for you so stay with us coming up on the rod arquette show you found the one They're on our catch show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know also hear us on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Uh, now, as I mentioned, uh, if you weren't listening at the start of the show, I uh, went to uh, a uh, Meet the Candidate site last, last night up in Centerville. Uh, and this was a, uh, this is the second one I've attended in which you could meet the candidates for the uh, state school board. Uh, and I went, these are candidates in the fourth district, district number four for the state school board of education. And, um, this is the second meeting, as I mentioned, I've gone to, and the meeting had, a, there were a lot of people there, 
I mean, it was a packed meeting. It was difficult to find a place last night. This one last night was put on by the uh, Utah Parents United organization, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. I think they do a tremendous job, you know, and a lot of parents out there. Well, I'll get into that here in just a minute. But um, there is no doubt there is a lot of interest this year in the education of our children. The concern I have is that I'm not sure a typical parent knows what to do. I mean, the education complex, not only, you know, in any school district, larger districts, like where I live in the Davis district, but statewide, the education complex in this country today is massive. There are so many programs that I think a lot of parents aren't sure exactly what they need to do, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But what is taking place? I mean, if you look at it, they have attacked public charter schools. They have denounced state tests. They have, uh, they give a vast new taxpayer handout to those who have borrowed federal funds to attend colleges. I mean, they're, they, they want to forgive student loans. The gloves are now off when I think it comes to Biden's quiet educational radicalism that is taking place in this country today. I want to bring our, ne- our next guest on. His name is Rick Hess. Rick is Director of Education Policy Studies at the American Enterprise Institute. He wrote a great article about that today. Rick, thanks for joining us. Always great to have you back on the show, Rick. Rick, you've watched, you've been in education, you've studied education for decades now. Have you ever seen anything like what is happening today in past years when it comes to education? Nope. There's been nothing like this in memory for 30 plus years, Democrats have used education to show that they're moderate, to show that they take responsibility and opportunity seriously. Biden seems to be going the other way. What, what has happened? What's driving it, do you think, Rick? I mean, a couple things. One, for, for decades, uh, you know, you think about Bill Clinton trying to reposition the Democratic Party. Um, he would talk about working hard, playing by the rules. Education was a great way to show that he wasn't another tax and spender like Walter Mondale, that he was about earned opportunity um, for, for, uh, for Obama. Education was a way to show that he was open to creative ideas, that he was for charter schools, that he worried about accountability. Uh, what's happened, I think, is two things. One, the Democratic Party has changed. It's much more driven by their progressive base and much less interested in the middle. And I think the second thing is you've got a whole, um, a, 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 a whole mass of Democratic education activists. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts 
They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Who have pretty much given up on charter schooling and the idea that schools are uncountable and embraced uh, the woke agenda, a really whole hog, and given the chance to do education policy, turns out that's what they want to do. And are, do you think parents are surprised because they tried to portray Biden as a centrist, but there's no doubt he has gone very far left. Parents who have kids in school, are they surprised as to how far the administration is going when it comes to education, do you think, Rick? I think so, and I think it's showing up. Uh, for instance, the Democrats are polling at the worst, they are, <laughs> the worst <laughs> they've done on education in 20 years. Um, from 2000 until 2020, Democrats averaged a 15-point lead on Republicans in education, and Democrats were always in the 50s or 60s. Right now, they're at 44%. Uh, their lead has mostly melted away. And I think a lot of this is because instead of thinking as instead of thinking of the Democrats as the party that's close to public education, that supports teachers, now suddenly I think the Democratic Party seems to a lot more parents in the middle, like the party of school closures, of uh, giveaways to people who've borrowed a lot of money to go to law school, of um, some of this crazy. Uh, you know, race and gender mm-hmm, radicalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're saying, wait a minute, that's not what we were looking for. Rick, um, has Miguel Cardona turned out to be the wolf in sheep's clothing that a lot of people thought he may be? You know, it, it's either that or he's just ineffectual <laughs> and so outgunned. Uh, for folks who don't follow this stuff closely, Biden was in a pickle back when he got elected. Uh, one of the favorites for Secretary of Education was the longtime president of the nation's biggest teachers union, mm-hmm. uh, Lily Eskelson Garcia, yeah, yeah. who's a charismatic but also a very doctrinaire union leader. And Biden didn't want to go there because that was going to blow up this whole centrist image he was trying to work. Um, but they couldn't go to the reform Democrats because that was going to get the base furious. So what they did was they used a stealth candidate. They got this guy, Miguel Cardona, who had been a career mid-level administrator in a small school district in Connecticut. And then he had spent about a year running the Connecticut State Education Bureaucracy. That was his claim to fame. So he had no public record on anything. He had no paper trail. They got him confirmed. And, you know, either this guy turns out to be much more radical than advertised, or he just doesn't have the experience and the chops uh, to keep anybody in line. And so the ideologues are just running roughshod over him. I went to a uh, Meet the Candidates night just last night, as a matter of fact, um, Rick, and I've been to a couple of them now. And these are dealing with uh, statewide school board races, this Board of Education here being elected now, different from what it's been in the past. I have never seen as much parental involvement in this in these meetings as I've seen in the last couple of weeks, uh, Rick. Are parents starting to wake up? 
Yeah, yeah, I think they are. Uh, you know, what happens is, like everything else in life, people are busy. They care a lot about their schools. They care a lot about their kids. But if school seems to be working okay, if the bus is showing up in the morning and the kids like their teacher and nothing too crazy is going on, parents are usually happy to just kind of trust um, that things are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw this blow up about 10 years ago during the Common Core fights when parents were deeply concerned that um, crazy stuff was being done to reading and math instruction, and a lot of it was driven by ideologues, and you saw an explosion of pushback. I think you're seeing that, but much more so right now after the school closures, the masking frustrations um, amidst all the CRT and gender stuff. The real question is because parents have so much on their plate that you can see these eruptions of an interest. And then once it seems like things are under control, they tend to drift back to regular life. So the question will be, is there some way to build out this energy and engagement um, that will be that, that, that it's built for the long haul and that it's not just a year or two mm-hmm. and then and then then we're going to hand the mm-hmm. reins back mm-hmm. to and, the unions and the bureaucrats and my concern rick as i was as i've attended these meetings and i've talked to other people as well that a lot of you know this is such a massive endeavor i mean education i don't know how it ever got so complicated with all these programs and grants and things they're trying to do I wonder how many parents actually know what they need to do. I mean, is there a course? Is there something they can follow? How do they attack this, Rick? I mean, it's massive. It is. Uh, you know, when you think about it, I mean, we spend, you know, north of $700 billion a year just on K-12 education. Um, it's an, an enormous business. There's 3.5 million teachers. There's So when you start thinking about even just all the moving pieces, not to mention curricula and standards and assessments, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming for the professionals. And so parents are showing up. They're trying to push back against stuff that seems obviously goofy to them that's being done with their dollars to their kids, and they get patted on the head and told, don't worry about it. So I think one of the problems is if it's up to parents who have day jobs and have families to raise to become experts on American education in order to be heard, uh, they're never going to be heard. One of the great developments, I think, of the last 18 months is we've seen the emergence of a series of organizations that seem focused on equipping parents and making their voices heard, uh, Bombs for Liberty, or Parents Defending Education, and a bunch of other groups. And what these can do is they can make it easier on parents. They can build infrastructure. They can make sure that they know how to identify the legislatures and the school board members who care about this stuff. They can help give parents information and channels to make their voices heard. And so I think part of this, it's, it's got to be a little bit about giving parents um, more resources, but it's also got to be about building organizations that make sure parents who have common sense concerns um, have a platform to be heard. And for listeners out there who are interested, who are wondering, like, how do I help with this? What do I do? I think uh, supporting and um, it, it promoting those kinds of organizations is just a really, a really important opportunity to, uh, 
you know, to tackle some of this stuff. Rick, thank you. Rick Hess, he is the uh, Director of Education and Policy at the American Enterprise Institute. Rick has been out here during the debate over Common Core. He's a great speaker, by the way, very knowledgeable on what's going on in the education industry. And as he mentioned, of course, you know, if you're a parent, you want to get involved and you feel, well, this is too, this is overwhelming. This is massive. There are organizations out there on which, you know, give you an opportunity to get involved. Utah Parents United, as I mentioned, big supporter of that organization. I think they've done a great job here in this state. They aren't a bunch of wackos the way the media likes to portray them. Uh, and that's the way you get involved. And Rick was right. Now, when we come back, uh, I'm going to talk to you about a question that was posed to these candidates last night. They all gave, I thought, very good answers, but I think I have a better one. And I want to see if you agree or disagree with me when it comes to the education of our children. That's coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know your home takes some upkeep, right? I mean, you're constantly, someone described it. At what, what, there was a movie made about it called The Money Pit. Wasn't that, a, you know, all these people dumping, you know, thousands of dollars into their home? Hopefully you don't have to do that. But when you invest in your home, you want to make sure that you're spending wisely. Now, before inflation reaches your home, maintenance cost, don't just repair your roof. Why not replace it with RoofTech? Get a free inspection and estimate from Utah's number one roofing company, RoofTech. All you do is have to dial pound 250 right now and say the word RoofTech. Because RoofTech uses local U.S.-based materials, the cost, well, they've stayed relatively stable. But guess what? They are going up. So why not take advantage of the prices, the good prices, right now and replace your roof before the costs do increase? Again, dial pound 250 and say RoofTech to get a free inspection and estimate. RoofTech, they offer highly trained, local, detailed, oriented roofing professionals that utilize the industry's best practices. Plus, RoofTech has stress-free financing options available to you. Check it out today. Dial pound 250 and say RoofTech. Don't just repair your roof Replace it with roof tech. Here's Abby now with a news update. Thanks, Rod. Hi. The Rod Arquecho here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. And I heard radio station. All right, I want to open up the phones to you tonight. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, as I mentioned, I was, as I was driving into work today, uh, I noticed these birds flying, coming down Legacy Highway, going against the wind, and they just kept on getting pushed back and back and back. And uh, But they kept on trying. They didn't stop, right? They kept on going. And I thought, I think that's what we're starting to see in America today and here in the state of Utah. That there are, we're starting to see people push back. They've had enough of liberal policies, progressive policies coming from the Democrats. They've had enough of uh, elected leaders in this state claiming they're Republican, but then they betray voters and people are saying enough is enough here, okay? And then they see what's going on in education. And they're pushing, you know, more and more people want to get involved in education. They're running for the state school board, and hopefully they'll be running for their local school boards as well. And now it can be very intimidating. I mean, the education complex is very large, uh, very difficult to overcome. I mean, they're embedded. These are bureaucrats who are embedded in the system. And, uh, you know, we get so much money from the federal government that we have to kind of do what they say. So I was at this Meet the Candidates meeting last night, and the uh, candidates for 
the District 4 for the state school board um, were there and were answering questions from the public. Okay, It was put on by uh, Utah Parents United. And that is the district in which I live, and I'm a delegate this year, so I wanted to go. Second time I've been to see these, and I wanted to hear what they had to say. There was a very interesting question asked at the end. Uh, and the moderator asked each of the three, each of the candidates, I think, were there seven? There may have been six or seven. I can't remember the exact number. Each of them were asked to list their three priorities if they were elected to the State School Board of Education. Their three top priorities. And all of them, I thought, gave, they, they gave fine answers. I wouldn't criticize any of them. But they, they, they all gave interesting answers. And I leaned over to someone uh, as these answers were given. I said, here's the easy answer. And this is where we have made what I think should be a relatively simple task of educating our children very difficult and more complex today. Here are my three priorities when it comes to education. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's it, folks. I want children who go through school to learn how to read and to learn how to comprehend what they read. You know, it, I, I think study after study has shown that if, you know, a child learns to read from kindergarten through third grade, and after that, they read to learn. So you learn to read, and then you read to learn. That's why reading is very, very important. And they all need to learn how to read English. Okay, English. You know, I don't mind if they want to study French or if, they, you know, they have a, a Hispanic background, but you need to learn English in this country today. So priority number one, you make sure in education you get rid of everything else, but teach them how to read. Number two, write. How, you know, it is. It, it, have you ever asked a... 12, 13-year-old in this country today to write you a simple declarative sentence. Noun, verb. <laughs> you know, a simple declarative sentence. If you don't know how to write, I don't care if you're a, you know, you may never need to write anything. You're a mechanic or you're, you know, you still need to learn to write something down and write it so that people can understand it. Okay? The third priority, in my opinion, is math. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Arithmetic. I hate math. <laughs> I'll be honest, you know. Numbers just drive me. You know, I just have no interest in them. That's why my wife does all our finances, bless her heart, because she, she loves doing it. and she handle, I don't know if she loves it, but she handles it and does very well. You need to understand math. 
especially in a computer world where they're using code and all that stuff. And if you don't understand your math, you're crazy or you aren't going to be successful. So I feel that in this state, if our priorities, when it came to education, were reading, writing, and arithmetic, we would be just fine. You know, now there are other things, you know, English, that's part of reading, history, part of reading, you know, science, certainly part of math and reading and comprehension. I mean, all those are tied in. But if we could ever get back to the core subjects that need to be taught in this country today, we'd be so much farther ahead. Reading, writing, arithmetic. Those are my three priorities. Now, I want to hear yours. What do you say? Am I off? Are you saying, Roger, making it too simple? No, I'm not. It should be simple. This is education. We don't have to, oh, how do you feel today? Let me, let me see how you relate to each other. That is done in the home, folks. And I know I'm dreaming. You're right, saying, oh, Roger, you're, you know, where are you living, man? That, those, how to deal with each other, how to accept each other, how to treat each other, that's done in the home. It's not done in the classroom. These poor teachers, you know, you, I asked my son, who was a teacher for a long time, he said, Dad, you don't know how many home problems I got when I was a teacher. Kids were coming in, oh, man. and you could tell. You can tell, you know, teachers know they have this great sense, something's wrong with that kid, and they'll come to them, and they'll explain their problems. You know, we put so much of a burden on teachers. Wouldn't it be nice if we said, folks, just teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, and that's all we want from you. 888-570-8010. I know a lot of you are going, oh, Rod, you're nuts. No, well, yeah, I am. But I want to hear from you. Maybe you're as nutty as I am. If you had three priorities when it comes to educating our children in this, in this country and in this state and in this community today, what would they be? You're a candidate for the state school board. I want to hear what your priorities are. 888-570-8010. And by the way, I don't want any candidates calling me. Okay, this is not free political advertising. I want to hear from you, the people out there who are putting your kids in school. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, your calls and comments coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the uh, Rod Arquette Show. Uh, If you're just joining us now, as I mentioned, I was at a uh, Meet the Candidates night last night, and they were uh, the final question that was posed to all the candidates who were running for the state school board, what are your three priorities when it comes to education? They all gave fine answers. I don't question any of their answers and what they're trying to do. But I think I would make it very simple if I was asked that question. Here's what I'd say. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Those are my three priorities. I want to make sure that every student who graduates from a school here in the state of Utah, a public school, um, in a K-12, through knows how to read, and I mean comprehend and read, knows how to write, sometimes a simple declarative sentence, and knows how to do basic math. And if they know those three areas, if they, they focus on those areas, now there are other things they can do, and I don't have a problem with that, but that should be our sole mission. I want to know what your priorities are. Oh, by the way, before I get to that, <laughs> i got to read this to you. I think many of you are, are you aware of what CNN Plus was? CNN Plus was a streaming service that was the brainchild of Jeff Zucker, uh, who's no longer at CNN, to provide more content, a streaming service. Chris Wallace left Fox to join up for that, right? Well, it died today. After only being uh, you know, available for three weeks, 
the new owners of CNN killed it today, CNN Plus, right? Monica Crowley, who I know many of you know, she's a radio talk show host. She's been on several of the shows that we've had here on the station. She tweeted out this, I've had milk. That's lasted longer than CNN Plus. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, I just love that. All right, let's get to your calls. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, to the phones we go. And we begin in Layton with Catherine tonight. Catherine, welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hello. Hi, Rod. Yeah, hi, Catherine. Go ahead. Hi. Sorry, your, my radio is a little bit slow. Um, my three categories... I think history is high up because that's, at least for stories, that's just where you start to connect. And some of the things that a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. make sense when you understand history. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you just go back through history, that would be a top one. And then I agree with reading and arithmetic. If you understand how to read, you can figure out how to write. It'd be a lot harder not to have a mentor, but you can figure it out. And then, and then arithmetic. Yeah. Those would be my top three. But I do agree with you. It's it's hard to that the teachers have so much pressure on them when really those things are things that should be figured out in the home um, or even just um, by with some other guardian that is is caring for them. But a lot of people don't have that, which yeah. is. That's the sad, sad part. part to see. Yep, that's the sad part. Catherine, thank you very much for your phone call. We have asked our teachers to do so much. I mean, look at over the years. We now ask our schools to feed our kids breakfast. If they can't afford it, feed them lunch. At Westminster, they're now teaching about pornography. Uh, hardcore porn. I mean, <laughs> I mean, teaching about sex, teaching about how to be nice to each other. How about teaching about how to read, how to write, how to do some arithmetic? How hard can that be? 888-570-8010. I'm on one today. Uh, D and Camus. D, how are you? Welcome to the show. Turn your radio down, D. Hi. Hi. Oh, okay. Hi there. I'm glad to hear you. I'm for uh, reading, writing, arithmetic. Exactly. But but they need to know about the Constitution. They talk about things on the radio and TV, and these kids, my grandkids, I, I got 26 grandkids. And they do not know about the, the Constitution hardly at all. They're not even, not even talking about it. How can they vote properly when they don't even understand what a congressman does or what a representative does? They don't even know. They don't realize how good we've lived in other countries. And they, these kids have no way of knowing how much better we got it here. We don't need anything about sexuality. Absolutely not. We don't need to know about racial issues. Just be nice to everybody. That's all I could be taught and get disciplined if they aren't. Yeah. That's my say. Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that, Dean. And I understand the Constitution and history, I kind of put that under the envelope of uh, reading. Uh, that's where it comes to me. I'm trying to stay on the, the basic three R's, but I think knowing about your history, knowing about the Constitution, knowing about, you know, um, uh, the great authors, whatever happened to reading the classics? I know I, I'm sounding like an old coot anymore. Am I? I? I just more and more. But the classics were just fantastic, and reading, and I, that's why I say I, to me that's inclusive into history and civics. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Wells, who's in South Jordan tonight here on the Rod Arkencho. Wells, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Rod. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my three categories. The first one would be economics. Um, inflation would be a perfect example. Kids in school right now. 
don't know what inflation is. They're not taught where it comes from. It comes from the Federal Reserve and reckless government spending. The second one would probably be the government's role in your life. Um, lots of kids in school think that the government's role is there to help you and protect you and give you welfare. That's not correct. That's not in the Constitution. The government's only there to protect your freedoms. Anything else is unconstitutional. Okay. The third one would probably just be common sense. <laughs> lots of people like work fast food or stuff like that, and they get an office job or they learn how to build houses or lay, do stuff like that. They don't know how to work. They don't know how to show up on time. They don't know how to write emails. Just stuff like that, man. Thanks for taking my call, Rod. All right, Wells. That's all, all very, very good suggestions. Thank you very much for that. You know, you were talking about, yeah, well, what do you say? I'm trying to remember what he said. But I wonder how many of our children realize today that the hamburger they're eating at a fast food joint actually comes from that cow who's out in the field behind them. I wonder if they've ever figured out that the hamburger actually comes from that cow. I didn't know that. It doesn't you? come from a plant. No, it does. well, so, have you? They're now try- Have you tried one of those veggie burgers? No, I, I just absolutely yeah. refuse. Yeah, I'm not going to eat one either. I know some beef. Just, yeah, give me, give me meat. <laughs> Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> All right, more coming up. More of your calls. All right, what are your three priorities? If you had three priorities when it comes to educating our children and you're a member of the state school board, what would they be? I've said reading, writing, and arithmetic. I want to find out yours. 888-570-8010 on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, let's get news update now. Here's Abby. All right, welcome back to Rod Arquencha with you on this uh, Wednesday or Thursday already on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listening, you'll know. Uh, can you believe it? It is, thank Rod, it's Friday tomorrow. And I forgot to mention, we announced this on the show last night. If you didn't catch it, uh, we're going to do something different on the show starting on Monday. Uh, Greg Hughes. Now, I know many of you know Greg. He is former candidate for governor, uh, former Speaker of the House. He's, you know, he's well-known throughout the state. Great guy, and he typically joins us every Wednesday, and we do a half hour with Greg. Well, Greg does a half hour. I just sh- sit there and shut up. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we've been talking about this for quite some time. So all next week, I'm going to invite Greg to be a part of the show each and every day. So it will be a two-person show. It will be the Rod Arquette slash Citizen Hughes show. We haven't even come up with a name. We, we don't know if this is going to work. I mean, it may bomb. But he's going to join us all next week. He'll be with me each and every day. We'll go back and forth. We'll talk about the issues of the day. We'll interact with you. So it should be a lot of fun. So that starts on Monday. It'll go all through next week. If we can stand each other for that long period of time, three hours in this room together could be frightening. Uh, But uh, we're going to do that next week. So we invite you to uh, join us and be a part of it. All right. If you're just joining us now, lines are open to you. 888-570-8010 on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. The three priorities that you have when it comes to education here in the state of Utah. Uh, there are state board of education uh, elections this year. Uh, and if you go to a meet the candidate night between now and Saturday, ask them what their three priorities would be. Mine are simple, reading, writing, and arithmetic. If we can focus on that in this country today and in this state today, we'll produce some great students. Better than we already are. And we produce some pretty good students now. But wouldn't it even be better if every student out there knew how to read, write, and do math. 
What are your priorities? Let's go to Providence and see what Brad has to say tonight here in the Radar Kitchen. Hi, hi, Brad. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I like your, I like your three R's. That's fine. I would also include the writing. I've got a kid that can't write worth a darn because of it. I even asked the schools back then, and they said they had nothing about teaching penmanship when he was in third grade, second grade. Wow. Um, I would also include. Uh, a previous caller or two, economics. I once went to a new, one of those charter schools that was starting up and uh, took our daughter up there. She wanted to do high school and asked if they could do economics. And he said, if you could find us a good textbook, I think that'd be great. Thanks. And moved on. Didn't even attempt to hear what I had to say. Wow. So economics, I think is big. Constitution and history from about Books maybe forty years ago. I don't trust anything in the in the past. Yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, Howard Zinn in the has, recent past. Yeah, yeah, Howard Zinn has something to do with the history books nowadays, and that's uh, that's a scary thought. Uh, Brad, thank you very much. Uh, as far as writing, and that included penmanship. I mean, you know, penmanship has gone to pot. Um, now, I, I I went through. If you've listened to the show enough, you know I I spent my first eight years in school in uh, in parochial school. I was taught by the nuns. Let me tell you what. You're going to learn good penmanship with the nuns, or you ain't going to have a knuckle by the time you get through. By the way, your penmanship when you write in the office, it's awful. It's terrific. Really? I think it's it's gone to pod. That's my, my, I have a son who says, don't write anything to me, Dad. I can't read your writing. No, it's, you have great cursive. Uh, Well, thank you. And, And it's sad they don't, I don't think they teach that anymore. Back to the phones we go. Let's talk with Valerie in American Fork tonight here on the Radar Catch Show. Hi, Valerie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing very well, thanks. How about you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, what are your priorities when it comes to education in uh, Utah today? Reading, writing, and thinking. Ah. I am a former comp- composition teacher at a university level, and we need to teach our kids to think critically, analytically, so that they can make decent decisions and not be swayed by everything that comes down the pike. How do you teach them that, though, uh, Valerie? What? How do you engage their mind so they will think critically? Well, first off, you have to listen to them, and a lot of times the kids aren't listened to. But I think giving them opportunities to analyze situations and possible options. Um, politics is a little tricky for p- public school because parents get <laughs> parents get a little up- get a little upset at you. But asking them questions when they when they present a uh, situation, teacher, good teachers ask questions. Uh-huh. How do you feel about this? And, yeah. and when they respond, then you respond back and say, tell me what kind of reasoning brought you to that conclusion. Where are you coming from? Just listening yeah. to them uh-huh. and honoring what they have to say. That's interesting. Right, Valerie, you're right. Uh, critical thinking, it does take a little patience. And Valerie sounded like she's an excellent teacher. Uh, you have to ask a lot of questions. You make people think. And the more questions you ask them now, the, the challenge, I think, that we have with our younger population today, and I may be wrong on this, but and I think that's part of the problems in the country, we all want instant gratification. You know, do they have the patience to go through a critical thinking process and really analyze a topic and think through a topic, think through a subject? Um, it's a fun exercise to do. I mean, uh, you know, I've worked with people who just ask a lot of questions. And it really says, you, you, you start thinking differently. 
And when you do that, you're going to be successful. So um, if you go, what is it? Uh, Day after tomorrow is the state convention. If you get a chance to talk to a member of the school board, a candidate, ask them what their priorities are. Be interesting to see what they say. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about ESG and what Utah is doing in that regard. Stay with us. What's the... All right, welcome back. Third hour of the Rod Arquette with you on this Thursday in Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Now, uh, before we talk about ESG and what the state of Utah is doing about ESG, I want to share with you, I just saw this tweet coming across. Um, this is unbelievable. Uh, you know, if you're a Democrat in this country right now, I'd be scared to death. The state of Oregon is part of the left coast, not the west coast, the left coast. Because you've got Washington, very liberal, Oregon, very liberal, and we know California's, you know, gone into the ocean. Uh, but there is a poll out tonight from the state of Oregon on Joe Biden and the governor, the Democratic governor up there, Kate Brown. Joe Biden's numbers, 35% positive, 63% negative in the state of Oregon. That's pretty amazing. That's frightening. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And Governor uh, Kate Brown, who's also a Democrat, 27% positive. 72% negative. You know, I tell you wow. what, folks, uh, pay attention to those numbers. Now, don't get too excited. We've got a long way to go. We've got, what, I think it's now 200 days before the election, midterm election. And um, and uh, we've got a lot of work to do, so don't get too excited. Well, Utah is being recognized for doing something that other states should be doing. And Utah is leading the way on this, and that's why I'm so glad to bring my next guest on. He is... Uh, Marlo Oaks. Marlo is the Utah State Treasurer. The uh, state of Utah, uh, and I'm talking about state officials and other government leaders, congressional leaders, have written a letter uh, rejecting Standard & Poor's imposition of state ESG metrics. Now, if you don't know what they are, Marlo will explain that. And he's joining us on our Newsmaker line right now. Uh, Marlo, thanks for joining us tonight. Why is this step by the state of Utah, in your opinion, so very important? Well, we have always had the highest credit rating in the world ever since ratings began by the, the three major credit rating agencies. So, um, and it's always been based on financial metrics. They're very cut and dry, um, quantitatively based. And now we are moving into a world where we are told that ESG is going to take over the market and everybody needs to bow the knee and, and acquiesce to ESG. And what that means is it is a political rating, meaning that unlike a traditional credit rating, a political rating is driven by subjective measures. So who, there's two questions people have to ask themselves. Number one is who is deciding what the ESG, ESG factors are that you're going to be judged on? And the second thing is who decides what the correct answers are to those factors. And when it is in, and so it is fundamentally different than a traditional credit rating where those answers are very easy. Everybody has a balance sheet, an income statement, et cetera. But who is deciding what the environmental factors are going to be? Who's deciding what the social factors are going to be? Who is deciding what the governance factors are going to be? And what we're seeing is that it is driven by uh, elitist interests. 
um, call it the massive investment mm-hmm. managers like BlackRock's S&P. Uh, here's a rating organization moving into a political realm. It's totally inappropriate. And essentially, it bypasses the legislative process in the state of Utah and other states and leaves it into the hands of elites who then determine, okay, this is important for Utah. If Utah doesn't have a good score in this area, then they're going to have to borrow at a higher rate. Um, This is fundamentally losing Mm -hmm. control of our sovereignty and our self-determination, and every state should be concerned about this. Marlo, it sounds like this is a backdoor approach to imposing Green New Deal strategies on uh, on the American people. Is that exactly what it is, Marlo? The E part, absolutely. Um, so the Green New Deal didn't make it through Congress, but that didn't stop the, those who, who had that agenda. And what they found was uh, that they could push it through our corporate America, essentially, and bypass the political process. And so now it's going from corporations into governments, uh, and, and it's all part of this, this push to take over control and drive an agenda where people don't have a say in what politics uh, are, are pushed down onto us. It's Mar- incredibly problematic. Marlo, why are corporations going along with this? Well, I think, I think there's concern. I mean, there's fear uh, to a certain extent, but there's also very large investment managers. You have to remember that corporations are owned by investors, and our system is built so that there isn't a, so that power is distributed across our economy and and across our systems um, a little bit more evenly. So that's why we have the separation of powers in our government. That's why we have free market capitalism. But what's happened more recently is that so much money has gone into the hands of a relatively small number of investment managers, and these activists or these special interests that are driving uh, uh, the Green New Deal and the environmental, this environmental agenda have been able to go to these a small number of very powerful actors in the investment markets and get them on board. They have signed these pledges to, to uh, force um, the United States economy to a net zero emissions. Uh, I mean, this is collusion, right? And it's the investment managers that have the power with the corporations because they own the shares of the corporations. So we as Utahns, as people across this country, have to stand up and say, you're not going to use my money for a political agenda that I don't agree with. You talk about as well, and I saw somewhere, the broader application of this uh, ESG scoring. Does it even uh, threaten returns on our pensions and retirement funds? Oh, absolutely. Anytime you introduce uh, another element into the, into the investment equation, so, you know, we're typically, actually the fiduciary standard in the United States requires that investment managers manage money for uh, the best return for a given level of risk or, you know, doing things in the best interest of the investor. Um, when you introduce a third element like politics, you will, almost by definition, uh, lower your returns over time because you're avoiding part of the market um, where you could get returns. So uh, this year is an, uh, a prime example. The best performing asset class has been fossil fuels or traditional energy companies. 
if you're in an ESG tra- strategy, you will have underperformed the markets pretty substantially. Um, and so when, whenever you introduce politics or, or a different element into an investment portfolio, your returns will uh, almost by definition suffer, especially if it's a more expensive strategy. And ESG strategies are more expensive because they have to do the research around these factors. And so you're paying more uh, to be in, in a strategy like this than you would in a, in a, a traditional uh, investment strategy. Marlo, is it true that Utah is really the first state now to aggressively push back against the ESG? And are more states going to follow suit, do you think? So other states have um, dropped BlackRock, for example. Um, they've, you know, they've said we are going to uh, push back against um, banks that are boycotting fossil fuel industries. So my um, uh, counterpart in West Virginia was very vocal on that. This is the first time that a state has stood up to credit ratings, and because that's, you know, that's a key asset of the state, our credit rating. So this is very much a first in standing up against a big organization like S&P and saying you're not going to publish anything ESG-related on, on the state of Utah. Um, and so it is a very significant letter, um, number one, because it was pushing back against S&P. That's the first that this has happened from, from any state. And number two, because we, had all, we have all constitutional officers the entire federal delegation, the legislative leadership. I don't recall a letter ever uh, in this state um, being signed by all of those participants. Now, maybe it has happened, but I just don't know of it. On our newsmaker line, Marlo Oak. Marlo, thank you very much. Marlo Oaks is the uh, Utah State Treasurer. You need to educate yourself about ESG. I, I've heard Glenn talk about this for a long, long time. I'm talking about Glenn Beck. And in his brand-new book, I think he devotes an entire chapter to ESG. This is Socialism. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, the politicians have realized that if we want to move towards a socialistic society in this country, you need corporations to be behind it. You need the money to be behind it. The, you need to direct the money toward their socialistic goals, and that's what is happening in this country today. And that's why it's so important. If you don't know what ESG is, what it involves, there's some great information out there. Marlowe has written several topics on this. You can just you know put in his name, Google his name, and ESG. And he's written several uh, articles about ESG and the impact it could have on us. And that is one issue you need to pay attention to. And I know Glenn has focused a lot on that over the past couple of years. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arkent Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS Listen. And you'll know summertime right around the corner. We'll get through spring and then the hot weather will show up. And uh, that means uh, you're going to run into some outrageous power bills when it comes to your air conditioner, right? Well, Rooftech is here to help you out. They had a customer call just last year to rave about how their new attic ventilation system saved them more than $100 a month during the summer. 
inflation is going to drive up the power bills this summer, so there's never been a better time to upgrade your roof with RoofTech. The sooner you act, the more money you will save. And even if you don't need a new roof, well, RoofTech can get your new attic ventilation without replacing your roof. It's a no-brainer, right? RoofTech can make your home more comfortable and help you save on your power bill. When you're ready to learn more, all you do is have to dial pound 250 on your smartphone and say the keyword RoofTech. That's pound 250 keyword RoofTech. And the first seven callers right now will receive a free estimate. Dial pound 250 and say RoofTech. RoofTech, the number one roofing company here in the state of Utah. Let's get news update now. Here's Abby. Thanks, Rodden. You know, I think I'm just going to shut up for a minute or two and let this song play. This is one of my favorite songs. Yes, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Like this song. Oh, All right, how are you? Welcome back. Brad Arcaccio here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know we're an iHeart radio station still to come. The state of Florida yesterday is moving in the direction of ending Disney's special service district that they have at Disney World. Basically what this means is Disney is kind of like the Vatican in Rome. The Vatican is its own country within the city of Rome. Well, Disneyland, or Disney World, I should say, is kind of like its own state within a state, right? And they've been that way since 1968. Well, because of Disney's political stand on the parental rights bill there in Florida, uh, lawmakers say have said in Florida, okay, you want to get in into politics? Well, we're going to tell you what politics is all about. And they're about to eliminate that special recognition and service district that Disney lives in. I'm going to play back for you here before we, uh, we'll have time to do this tonight. What happened in the Florida State Senate yesterday when they moved to approve this? <laughs> you wouldn't believe what the, the liberals, their eyes are bleeding. I mean, they're so upset about this thing that uh, I'll let you hear that here in a little bit. But I want to bring on our next guest, uh, Steve Moore, chief economist at uh, uh, FreedomWorks. Long time. He was on the editorial board at the Wall Street Journal, top economic advisor to uh, to uh, President Trump, joining us on our newsmaker line to talk about what's going on in the economy right now. Steve, always great to have you on the show. Um, Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, is um, basically predicting they're going to raise interest rates a half point sometime in May, another a full half percentage point. Uh, what's your reaction to that and what's going on, Steve? Well, I think the Fed continues to be behind the curve in terms of dealing with this worsening inflation problem. You know, it was 4%, you know, um, six months ago. Now it's 8.5%, and it's gotten continually worse, and it's causing all sorts of economic havoc. And I think they need to be much more aggressive in terms of sucking money out of this um, economy. I think we also need policies from Washington that produce more supply of goods and services because we're really, um, you know, not... Uh, producing the, the mm-hmm. goods at the rate that people are consuming them, then that leads to inflation. So it's a double end pro, uh, double prong problem. And the most important thing that the federal government could do right now to deal with this inflation problem is to very aggressively cut government spending. Steve, why did the Fed wait so long to start taking action on this? Well, that's a great question. Why? I think we're all asking that because, you know, at the beginning they said, well, this is just a, uh, you know, a... Um, uh, an issue of um, 
the uh, the uh, temporary mm-hmm. inflation, but we mm-hmm. know it's not temporary now. And so they've made so many mistakes, and um, I, I think they have to be held accountable. Frankly, I, I'm, I'm just not pleased with their um, slow at the switch in terms of dealing with an inflation problem that's getting worse. We haven't seen anything like this since the late 1970s. And the longer they wait, the more painful it's going to be to drain this inflation out of the system. Well, I was going to ask you that, Steve. Once inflation is ingrained in a system, how difficult is it to get out of it, to take it out of the system? Terrible. It's, it's very difficult. We know that from other countries. We know that from our own history. We know what happened in the 70s when they let inflation get worse and worse and worse. And then we had the terrible recession uh, in 1982 that was really one of the worst. And um, so I, I believe that... Um, you know, we, if we don't get serious about this inflation problem, we're going to have some real uh, problems ahead in the in the months ahead. A lot of economists are predicting a recession. I don't know if that's baked in the cake, but, boy, I sure don't want to see a recession right now. What signs would you be looking for, Steve, to see if, in fact, a recession is coming our way? Are there signs already there that we could be looking at one? Well, the growth rate's been really low, you know, and that's very problematic. You know, we, we the growth rate is estimated for the first quarter to be just – um, somewhere around one percent, and that's very pathetic. And that you know we can't we can't uh, live with that. That's a really really bad number. Steve, I want to talk about mortgage rates as well. Interest rates going up, uh, mortgage rates starting to go up. How's that going to impact the uh, housing market? Do you feel? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you know, your question answers itself. I mean, yeah. higher uh, mortgage rates is a killer for the uh, for the housing market. And when you have higher prices like right now and really high interest rates, that makes it very difficult for people to buy a home. The gasoline prices don't seem to be getting any better. Any sign that they would be, Steve, at all? Anything out there indicating hope on the uh, on the side of gas prices coming down? Well, you know, the, uh, the Biden administration seems to think that they can bring these down. They keep saying that they're trying to promote American oil and gas, but nobody really believes them. And this is a self-inflicted wound. We we're totally energy independent under Trump, and now we're in this conundrum where we have to figure out how to get out of um, you know this continuing spiral of higher inflation, higher energy prices. It's causing real problems, wreaking havoc on middle class families. Steve, you uh, and the administration. I mean, Donald Trump, when it comes to uh, when it came to infrastructure projects, imposed you know got rid of these environmental rules, but it looks like the administration is going to put these back on things. How is that going to impact uh, impact this country's attempt to do something about infrastructure? Well, again, uh, you know, the energy issue is really dependent on having an environment, you know, that is conducive to producing energy. We yeah. don't have that right now, frankly. And so I'm very worried about, um, you know, the re-regulation of America making it so expensive for producing goods and services here in the United States. It's, it's a real, real problem. Yeah. All right, Steve, We uh, I want to talk on one more thing. Uh, what's going on with China in dealing with its COVID outbreak, and how could that impact the world economy? With, with Well, you know, China is in a strict, strict lockdown. Yeah, they yeah. They learned anything from the United States and the and the catastrophe of our lockdowns. And so it's really a very, very frightening situation. I mean, they're locking people in their homes. They've got problems. People don't have enough food. You know, they're, they've been literally imprisoned in their homes for some cases, you know, a month now. And it is just inexcusable, really, that, uh, uh, you know, a country that's supposed to be uh, 
you know, a humanitarian country would, would do that to its own citizens. So I'm extremely concerned about what China is doing, both for, to its own citizens, but also they're a critical part of our economy. And uh, they're critical to the supply chains. Uh, it's, it's a real mess out there right now. And, you know, it's a real shame that China has been able to get away with this. Well, and speaking of the shutdown, I saw a number the other day, Steve, you may have a better handle on this one than I would, that about 27% of the world's products are actually made in China. If that's the case and they turn that down a little bit, that's going to cause serious problems, will it not? Well, it could, and that's why we shouldn't be so dependent on China. We should be, able to be producing more goods and services here in the United States and bringing some, as much manufacturing home as we can by keeping our tax rates low, deregulating, doing the things that uh, Trump did. And we, we are in a reverse motion right now, and I'm very, very concerned about that. We have to uh, you know, go back to the policies of Trump that made the economy so strong and benefited American workers. And now we're in an opposite situation where we're overly dependent on China. I always like to ask you to look ahead for things in the coming week that we should be aware of. Steve, anything out there that you see that concerns well, you? I, wanted to me- I did want to mention this important study that came out by the Wall Street Journal. The, uh, I think that was uh, yesterday, I believe, or perhaps the day before, where they found, you know, as you know, I had a major impact on the mm-hmm. uh, helping design the Trump tax cut. And they found that when we cut the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21% in order to get more capital investment in the United States, they found that um, there was more revenue that was collected when we cut the tax. So that's called the Laffer curve. It really worked. And the, the Trump tax cuts were a really big success. And yet Biden still wants to raise the taxes right back up again where they were before. Pretty amazing. Steve Moore, chief economist at the uh, Freedom Works, also a uh, former top economic advisor to President Donald Trump. Joining us on our Newsmaker line, we get a chance to talk to uh, Steve almost every week, and it's always great to get his insight as to what's going on with the economy. More coming up on the Rod Kent Show in Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. All right. Maybe over the uh, the winter, maybe for a Christmas present, you got a brand new smoker. Now you want to use it outside, but you don't have an outside electrical outlet to make it work. Well, that's why you need to turn to Any Hour Services. You know, when it comes to electrical projects, Any Hour Services can do just about everything. I mean, they really can. Maybe you want to upgrade your old cans to LED cans. Maybe you want to install some Internet outlets so you don't have to run uh, computer cables all around the house. Maybe you need uh, or you have an electric car, but you need an electric car charger. Well, they can install that in your garage as well. Or maybe you have some outlets that have stopped working and you're ready to have an electrician troubleshoot and figure out why. Whatever your electrical problem is or project is, the licensed electricians at Any Hour Services can help you out. They are just great people to work with. They've been to our home on numerous occasions, helping us with whatever plumbing, electrical, heating, uh, air conditioning problem that we have in our home. Any Hour Services, they make it so easy to schedule an appointment. You can call them, 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. You can Google Any Hour Services or even schedule an appointment line at at Any Hour Services. Put me on a highway, the interstate. A dirt road to any place Long as I'm long gone Chasing down some blue skies In my old truck Turn the world out Turn the radio Sing along To my freedom song The Rod Arquette Show On Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS 
final half hour of the Rod Archetra with you on this Thursday. Don't forget tomorrow, it is Thank Rod. It's Friday. And on Monday, starting Monday for the entire week next week, we're going to do a little something different. Um, Citizen Hughes, Greg Hughes, is going to be joining me. We are going to co-host the show for the entire week. Should be a lot of fun, and we invite you to uh, join us starting on Monday at 4. Right here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. How many times have you heard this expression? The Democratic Party is not my parents' party. It's not the party that my parents grew up in. I mean, my father was a Democrat. Uh, he would not be a Democrat today, at least if he were alive today. I don't think he would be. Well, joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk more about that is former Utah congressman and now Fox News contributor Jason Chaffetz, who we spoke with on the Newsmaker line a short time ago. I asked him, uh, as I began my conversation with Jason, what he, think is ha- what he thinks has happened to the Democratic Party today. You know, the Democratic Party uh, a few years ago was the one that cared about some things where mutually we were together on, you know. They had a blue dog Democrat who would be concerned about fiscal discipline, no, no longer. They cared about law and order. In fact, you had a lot of police departments that would openly endorse the Democrats, but no longer does that happen. It's just uh, they have really changed. They have lurched to the left. Even to the point that I think liberals can't find a home with the Democratic Party. When did the change start taking place? When did you see the change starting to go in a different direction? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, it really helped. It, 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 it was starting. But then it was accelerated by the Trump derangement syndrome. When Donald Trump got elected, they absolutely went nuts. They had planned to just be in power with Hillary Clinton and and uh, put their far left wing people in the bureaucracy there, the government. But with the with the uh, success of Donald Trump, the economy's working, the border's secure, foreign policy was going in the right direction. Democrats decided that they couldn't do that anymore, and they went so far to the left, particularly at the Green New Deal and these types of things. Um, they don't even have a home for liberals at this point. You know, Jason, I love the uh, title of the uh, piece, Your Parents' Democratic Party is Dead. My parents were Democrats. I mean, my father was a big Harry S. Truman fan, a big John F. Kennedy fan. Uh, you know, Kennedy in 62 called for tax cuts. I mean, and all of a sudden, I don't think he would recognize the Democratic Party today. And my guess, he probably wouldn't even be a member of the party then. And I, I wonder how many other parents out there are thinking the same thing. I think that's happened. I mean, you have uh, Hispanic participation dwindling with the Democrats. The youth vote is actually going to the Republican side at this part. Um, I can't name a single group where the Democrats think they're growing. Um, you know, parents, uh, people concerned about education. Uh, it's just there's not a single growth group for the Democrats at this point. They all seem to be going the Republicans' way or an independent way. And um, the Democratic Party of old, it's, it's dead. It's gone. It's just not, there's no home for people there. If there are any moderates or liberals, per se, pure liberals in the Democratic Party today, why don't we hear more from them? Why don't they speak out? Or are they just gone, Jason? 
Well, I think they're there, but like the mask mandate, the, the American Civil Liberties Union, they used to stand for free speech and independence no matter what happened, no matter what party you were in. These people actually helped defend Oliver North, for goodness sake. But they're gone now, too, because even Ira Glasser, the former director of the ACLU, has said they've just become uh, a progressive group. They're no longer people that just stand for freedom of speech, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. Those people are all gone, and I, I think they're scratching their heads saying, what happened? Jason, the media loves to talk about the division within the GOP. You know, you have moderate Republicans, you have right-wing Republicans. I think they're all the same, of you all, my opinion. We're all trying to achieve the same goal, maybe through different avenues. Why don't we hear about division within the Democratic Party? Is there anything to report on there? Oh, there's lots to report on it. The problem is the, the liberal media that is today's traditional, so-called traditional media, they have some of the lowest numbers. They're fleeing even... I mean, look, the numbers, you could take MSNBC and uh, CNN, combine those totals, and you still don't come close to what Fox <laughs> News is doing. So they just don't have much of an audience, and they don't have much to hope for, and they don't write about it because that's the team they actually play for, which is the far left. How do Republicans appeal to those disenfranchised Democrats? Can they do it, Jason, and how do they do it? Well, I think they need to come up with a proactive plan. It's not enough to just say, hey, we're not these, you know, we're not an AOC, we're not Nancy Pelosi, and we're certainly not Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be able to say, hey, here's how we're going to secure the border and do so in a humane way. And here's how we're going to uh, get rid of inflation, which was really caused by the Biden administration. And here's the plan to do so. So they've got to have substantive plans that are reasonable. And you don't have to throw firebombs at everything and everyone. Talk about policy. Don't make it personal. And I think that'll be attractive to those that are true independents. As we approach the midterms, Jason, is the Republican Party doing enough to paint the picture that you're talking about? You know, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit is to pick on the Democrats and pick on Joe Biden and everything he's done wrong. But are, is the Republican Party painting an optimistic, we can do this, here's what we're going to need to get it done picture yet? Um, not fully. Um, a lot of that will come, you know, August, September, right as we turn the corner into the final uh, election season. But right now, look, the president of the United States and the Democrats, they get all the attention. They have the House and Senate and the presidency, and they're flailing. So um, Democrat, Republicans have a lot more to do. You can't just be the opposition party. you got to have a proactive agenda. And I, I think they'll rally behind that. And uh, come September, you'll see that in full Full, full glory. Jason, final question for you. What would your advice be to the Democratic Party right now? Just keep it up? <laughs> keep doing what you're doing? <laughs> I mean, I, look, I don't think they, I, I think they've gone beyond. I think the promise of Joe Biden was a unifier, somebody who understood Congress, somebody who could uh, build bridges, and he has done the, acts, uh, the, the exact opposite of that. And you have a communicator in the president and Kamala Harris. They, they, they speak in word salad. So I don't know what they do, but they have and they have nobody on their bench. There's nobody up and coming outside of San Francisco and New York to, to appeal to middle America. I don't know what they do. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing either. Jason Chaffetz, who joined us on our Newsmaker line a short time ago, talking about uh, the Democratic Party. And it is not. Uh, your parents' Democratic Party today, and it certainly swung left. Now, I want to take a minute. Wasn't it Patrick Henry who rode through the streets saying, no, it's Paul Revere. 
Paul Revere riding through the streets saying the British are coming, the British are coming, right? I want you right now to grab your spoons because the flavors are coming. The flavors are coming to Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream. Now, if you haven't tried Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream, what's wrong with you? You should you should head down and try it. It is absolutely delicious. A visit to Brooker's is a trip back in time to a tavern, much like where America's founding generation met to pool their fight for to plot their fight, I should say, for freedom and later to craft a new Republican. And they also had a chance to eat some delicious ice cream. That's why I want you to try Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream. Listen to f- a few of these flavors. Patrick Hendry's. Give me chocolate or give me death. I love that one. James Madison's Constitutional Crunch. And how about Alexander Hamilton's Not Throwing Away My Scoop? I mean, and here's some special April flavors. The Fool, King George III flavor. Cookie Monster Blue Vanilla Ice Cream with chunks of the best ever chocolate chip cookies you will ever have. Am I making you hungry? I'm getting hungry just talking about it, and you should be too. So grab your spoons right now and head to Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream. They have locations in Harriman, Vineyard, and Provo. They're open from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Join the ice cream revolution. Follow Brooker's on Instagram and Facebook. Details at brookersicecream.com. Check it out today. Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream. Here's Abby now with a news update. The governor. Final few minutes to uh, spend with you here on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS listening, you'll know. Jesse Kelly, his show coming your way tonight from 7 to 10. And then, of course, uh, next week, as I've been mentioning throughout the day today, uh, Citizen Greg Hughes will join me on the show all next week. He'll be here for the full three hours as we tag team it together to bring you some exciting talk radio. And oh, man. Ho- well, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and hopefully a little entertaining, right? That will be help. entertaining. You know, like I said, and I told him this to his face, the trick is going to be to get him to shut up. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he just goes. You know, sometimes said, he fills in for you. Oh, yeah. He uh, he goes, man, what Rod does is very difficult because he can go for about half an hour and then he goes, man, I'm tired after that, <laughs> after that last time. Well, wow. now we'll have to share a microphone. That's going to be challenging. It really is. All right. Uh, a couple of things. I, I, you've got to hear this. I mean, this is amazing. The Republican-led Florida legislature today has now passed a bill to cancel the special tax district of Walt Disney World in the state. That's a decision with billion-dollar implications for both the company and the communities that surround it. The House voted, came a little over 48 hours after the governor proposed it, and the Senate approved it today. But listen to the catcalling that took place on the floor of the Florida Senate today as they were about to make this vote. Listen to this. Representative Fine, you're recognized to explain your bill. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Speaker. It seems as Mickey and many have joined us in the chamber today. That said, this is the bill that we discussed yesterday. Members, we will either go into structured debate or we will call the previous question. Representative Renner, you're recognized for a motion. Mr. Speaker, I move the previous question on the bill. Representative Renner moves the previous question on the bill. This motion is not debatable and requires a majority vote. All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed, no. 
Show the bill, show if motion passes, we will now proceed to call the previous question. The, 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 the clerk will unlock the machine and members will proceed to vote on Senate Bill 4C. Have all members voted? Have all members voted? Clerk will lock the machine, announce the vote. 70 days, 38 days. Mr. Show the bill passes. Read the next bill. Oh, wow. I love that comment. Mickey and Minnie have taken over the gallery. <laughs> I love it. It's fun. Uh, a couple other things. Um, Queen Elizabeth is getting her own Barbie doll. Two months after marking her 70th year on the throne. Can you believe what this woman has seen in the past 70 years? I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Mattel revealed today that the $75, whoa, Platinum Jubilee Barbie doll is now available on the website. This collectible doll wears an elegant ivory gown, a blue rib band adorned with decorations of order, a stunning crown and matching accessories complete with her regal ensemble. Barbie celebrates the longest ruling monarch in British history. Can you can you believe that, Patrick? 70 I can't years. It's been that long. 70 years on the throne. Wow. Um and now this story. Do you like going to the dentist? No. No, really? No, I have never had a cavity so I don't oh, go a lot up. anyway. Shut up. I have I had horrible teeth, but I <laughs> we fa- we we found a couple of dentists. Uh Bob Weiniger, who was a dentist for us in Caysville. I used to call him Cadesville's King of Pain, uh, but he was really good. And now I go to uh, Kip, Kip Jones. He's my dentist up there. Does a great job. The thing I've learned about dentistry, maintenance, have a checkup every six months. Yeah. So they can they can, they can can watch if there's a problem and take care of it until you get these big old cavities that you know, or you lose a tooth, which I have over the years because of poor dental care. But this story out of, is it Kenosha, Wisconsin? A ru- and I'll read it to you. A routine trip to the dentist, anything but normal, after an Illinois man, you ready for this, inhaled the dentist drill bit. No. And had to go to the hospital to have it removed. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know, they, don't they, they're just little bits that they yeah. insert into the main thing, isn't yes. it? Well, apparently somehow he, he inhaled it during the visit, and he had to go to a hospital to have it removed. He swallowed it. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's, That's a what painful I extraction. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that sure is. Apparently, uh, although I, all I felt was a cough. When they did the CT scan, they realized you didn't swallow it. You inhaled it. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is. Yeah, guy's, guy's okay. So it but, went down the lung path. I guess so. Sp- wow. Isn't that crazy? It hurts just listening. Don't get your dentist mad at you, by the way. Yeah, no. They will take it out on you. I love dentists. All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. May God bless you and your family. Thanks for joining us tomorrow. Tonight, it's Thank God It's Friday tomorrow. We'll talk to you at four. Utah talk. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.